right, what's up, church? Who's glad to be here today? Anybody glad to be in God's house? Yeah. Oh, so good to see you. And for everyone who's on the other side of the camera today, we're glad you're with us too. Glad that you're part of our church family, wherever you're watching from. Just met uh, a, a gentleman uh, before another service who was telling me he lives about three hours away and he watches every single week uh, City Hope Church. So come on, Cedar Elm Campus, those of you who are here this morning, let's welcome everybody who's on the other side today. Glad you're with us. Yeah. And I want to just take a moment to kind of circle back to that Juneteenth video. And I just want us to, man, we, we ought to celebrate what God has done in in America, you saw in that video the explanation of what Juneteenth is really all about. And I just want us to know, I want you to know uh, as, uh, from, from your pastor as a church, we stand against racism and against prejudices and against any discrimination. Come on, everybody. We stand against that. It's not welcome here. It's not okay. And uh, from the very start of our church, we dreamed that it would be a multicultural church, and it's taken us a little bit to get there, but I love being on the front row, worshiping God and seeing white brothers and, and, uh, and black brothers and uh, my Latino hermanos. Come on, somebody. It's like, I, I love it. I love seeing my Pacific Islanders, and it's just great to see, because you know what? That's what heaven's like. We ought, to, we ought to just get used to it right here on earth because it's going to be like that in heaven. Come on, can we just give God thanks for all that he's doing in our land? Yeah. And happy Father's Day to all you uh, fathers out there, all the guys in the house. Uh, today, you probably noticed when you're coming in, we've got a donut wall out there. It's donuts for or with dads or adult men. Okay, just if, in case you don't have kids yet, but you're going to at some point. We, we, that's something that you've already paid for. You don't have to pay for those. They're free on your way out. Just grab one of those as we celebrate dads today. And one of the ways we love to celebrate dads is um, dad jokes. I mean, just, just dad jokes. You know what I'm talking about? It's just it's in us. When you become a dad, it becomes part of who you are. And people ask me, they want to know, you know, Pastor Ben, where, where do you keep all of your dad jokes? And the truth is I keep them in a database yeah you're welcome people people ask all the time like well when does a dad joke become a dad joke and it's when it becomes apparent oh yeah and uh I'll be honest with you, I'm a little tired this morning because I, I'm up all night, just couldn't sleep very well. I mean, I, I, was, I was dreaming that I, I was a muffler and I woke up, I'm exhausted. exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yep, the, the laughs keep diminishing because they're dad jokes, all right? I get it. So I thought, rather than you hear dad jokes from me, we put together a video of the trauma that young people experience as a result of dad jokes. So why don't we take a look at the video? I see it, and I eat it. <laughs> I walked into the kitchen one day, told my dad I was hungry. He said, hi, hungry, I'm dead. So the other night when we were having dinner, my dad, he spilled his peas all over the table. I look at him and he says, 
I just peed all over the table. The other day, my dad had walked up to me and asked me if I have heard about the new movie, Constipation. And then he said, it never came out. Like, who even names a movie Constipation? I went up to my dad and asked him if he could make me a sandwich. And what did he say? He said, Abracadabra, you're now a sandwich. I guess now I'm a sandwich. My dad came up to me the other day and said, did you hear the rumor about the butter? And I said, no, what is it? And he said, sorry, I shouldn't spread it. We were having dinner last night, and my dad looked down on his plate and said, what do you call an angry carrot? He looked at me and said, a steamed veggie. The other day, my dad came over to me, and he said, oh, why did the chicken cross the, cross the road? And he said, because. I was uh, sick the other day, and my dad came up to me and said, do you know how to make a tissue dance? And I said, no. And so he said, you put a boogie in it. So the other day, my dad was playing piano. And he said to me, why was the pianist banging his head against the piano? And he said, because he was playing by ear. Let's give it up for all the dads today one more time. We love you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the message today. We're in, we're in week three of this series that we're doing. It's called The Beautiful Attitudes. And we're, really, we're studying the, um, the Sermon on the Mount, the most popular message that Jesus ever gave. And, um, and he called them, or the Bible refers to them as the Beatitudes. We're calling them the Beautiful attitudes. These are the attitudes that we need to take on as believers, that Jesus says we need to live these kind of attitudes out. And um, last week we heard from Pastor Jason Parks, one of our overseers who just knocked the ball. I mean, just killed it. Last week was incredible. If you missed it, go back and watch as he talked about blessed are those who mourn. Um, next week we're going to talk about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But today we're going to talk about blessed are the meek. Everybody say meek. meek. Yeah, so, so these attitudes, these beautiful attitudes actually have the power to change our lives, but, but we don't get to just pick and choose the beautiful attitudes, right? I mean, these, every one of them are really necessary for our lives. I mean, I kind of, when I read them, I kind of wish they were like, 
I kind of wish it was like multiple choice. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take three, five, and nine. Just give me those. I'm good at those anyway. I'll just take those. Right? If, 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 if it was like a meat and three bar where you go up and say, I'll take the hamburger steak. I want the green beans. Give me some of that squash casserole and the cobbler. But it's, it's not like that. Uh, the Beatitudes aren't optional. They're critical. These attitudes are critical. Jesus says, I want you to work. I want you to develop all of these attitudes in your life. And there's nine of them that we're talking about over a nine-week period. And so uh, all of June and all of July, we're studying these beautiful attitudes. So if you've got your notes, go ahead and pull those out. We're going to take a look at our theme verse. Uh, it's in your notes, but you can follow along here on the screen as well. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 5 is where we're stopping today. And it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said this, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. That was week number one. Blessed are those who are beggars. They, I mean, they just, you cannot do without Jesus. You realize your absolute need for him. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Last week, Pastor Jason talked about blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Today... We're talking about blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And I want us to remember that, that we're blessed, that these beatitudes, beautiful attitudes, come with a blessing. They come with a reward if we live them out, if we apply these beautiful attitudes. And remember, blessing is not happy. Happy is based on happenings, right? So, so we're not, like, it's not that we're happy because happy is based on what goes on around us, based on the circumstances, based, based on life. But, but no, blessing is something that is internal, something that you cannot take away from me, and it does not depend on the happenings around me. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's do this. Let's look at the power of meekness. And what I want to do is I want to try to give you a couple of examples to help you understand what meek is, all right? Now, meek is not a word that we use very often. It's not in our everyday vocabulary. We don't, we don't really use that word. In fact, if you were going to a job interview, right, and they said, hey, tell us about your strengths, you wouldn't go, I'm, I'm just meek. <laughs> Scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 12 on the meek meter. Come on. Like... My meekness is incredible. I put other people's meekness to shame. They don't even have meekness compared to mine. Nobody, we don't do that. We don't talk about meekness. Uh, when your friends ask you, how, you know, what's new in life? How you doing? You don't go, man, I'm just really developing this meekness in my life. It's just incredible. I'm just working on being meek. I'm meeker than ever before. Nobody talks like that. And especially men. Men don't talk like that. Like, why don't we talk like that? Why don't we use the word meek? It's because we don't understand the word meek. A lot of us think meekness is weakness. But meek ain't weak. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now. Tell them meek ain't weak. Uh, turn to the person you ignored the first time and just say, you could use a little meekness, my friend. Could use a little bit of meekness. Meek ain't weak. It's not weak. So... Think about this. You've probably all seen the commercials of NFL players that are just, they're dominating on the field. Man, they're tackling, they're, they're blocking, they're running, they're leaving nothing on the field. They, they ain't taking any mess from anybody on the field, but then the next clip shows them eating soup with their mom, right? 
Well, what is that? That's, that's the difference between power unleashed and power under control. It's, it's meekness. See, what, what's the difference? They're sitting with their mom, and their mom has a higher place of authority in their lives. And they, they have strength under control when they're with mama. You know what I'm talking about? And that's kind of the way meekness is. Um, uh, a lot of people have misconceptions about meekness. They, they think that being meek turns you into a doormat. Oh, I just, well, if I'm going to be meek, that just means I just got to let people run all over me. I can't, I can't, I can't, I got to take all the crap from everybody. I can't, I can't have an opinion. I can't say anything. I can't, I can't do anything. I just got to let them wipe their feet on me, stomp on me. I'm just, meek, meek is weak. Turns you into a doormat. But how many of you know that's not true? Meek doesn't turn you into a coward or sluggish or lazy or it doesn't take away your voice. Come on, somebody. No, meek is, is, is not a doormat. But see, some people, they, they think to be meek is to be a feather. Oh, just blow. I'm just blown. I'm, I'm blown with every doctrine, with every wind of culture that comes my way. All of the different pop culture things that are going on in society today. Oh, you mean there's more than one way to God? Oh, oh. No, there's not. You mean I can choose my own gender? No, you can't. Meek ain't weak. Meek ain't weak. Meek is not a feather. Oh, I saw it on TikTok. Oh, it must be true. No. You're not a feather to be meek. There's some mamas in the house today. Who? You better not talk to my baby like that. You think meek is a sledgehammer. <laughs> I'm going to put you in your place. You talk to my baby like that one more time, I'm, I'm taking you down. Or I'm going to power my way through life. If you're going to take any, if you're going to have a successful life, you've got to take it by the horns. right? You've got you to power your way through. Sledgehammer. No, no, no. Meek ain't, it's, it's not a sledgehammer. It's power, but it's, it's not power unleashed. It's, it's actually power under control. It's power under control. See, those definitions would offend Jesus because he was meek. The Bible describes him as uh, 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 like a lamb going to the slaughter. He was under control. He was gentle and lowly. In fact, in, in the Jewish culture, Jews were under the, the governance. They were under the power and authority of Romans. And what, what Jewish people wanted was they were expecting the Messiah to come with unleashed power like a sledgehammer. And they were expecting that Messiah to release them and to overthrow Rome with unleashed power. That's what they wanted. And, and you see it at the trial of Jesus when he was with Pilate. He's standing before Pilate and Pilate gives the people two options. I can release Jesus... The king of the Jews, who's lowly, who's meek, or I can release Barabbas, who was an insurrectionist. Barabbas was more than likely a zealot. He had tried to overthrow Rome, and that's why he was in prison in the first place. And the people, they didn't want a meek and lowly savior. They wanted power unleashed. They wanted Barabbas. They wanted someone who's going who's gonna to throw their power in, into action. 
And so Jesus was sentenced to death. But what, what meekness is, is meekness is a, it's a beautiful attitude of a person who realizes that their strength is under control. Their strength is submitted. Their strength is submitted. So a lot of people, they want, they want power unleashed. They want the sledgehammer. But in order for power to be effective, it has to be in control. Yes. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let me, let, me, let me help you out here. The Greek word for meek is the word praos. Praos. And it's actually used to describe taming an animal. All right? So uh, you, how many of you have been to a circus before? Anybody been to a circus? I love circuses. Come on, bring the circuses back. Barnum and Bailey rolling up into town at the impact, going watching the lions and the tigers and the bears. Dad joke. I knew it. I knew it. When you go to the circus, and we can't go anymore, sadly. We can't go to circuses anymore. They don't really exist anymore with animals. But what would happen? The ringmaster would be in the ring with an animal that could kill him. Now, was the animal any less powerful in that ring? No. That, that animal it still had its instincts, but what had happened was the, the ringmaster had tamed that animal. He had coached that animal to have strength under submission. To only do what the master told him to do. And are you following me? And in the same way, that's what meekness is. It's when we are submitted to God's purpose for our lives. It's when we're, our strength is submitted. It's when we say yes to the Lord. Gentleness refers to a taming power so that it can be surrendered to God's goal for our lives. Amen. Those animals weren't any less weak. They had just been trained to control their strength. Think about horses. If you've ever seen a horse broken in, then you've witnessed meekness. You've seen it play out. Now, think about this, for example. Every horse that's ever born is a wild horse. I mean, it's feral. Like, it, it doesn't know it's going to have a rider on its back. It doesn't know it's going to be harnessed to a carriage or a plow. Come on. It, it's wild. And every horse has to be tamed. Think about this for a minute. Every one of you are born wild. <laughs> Every one of us need to be tamed. Every one of us need to be, we need to be trained. And uh, before this service, Steve Clement was telling me that there's really two ways to break a horse in, and that is you can, you can break it in by submission. You'll do what I say, which is which is what, what the people of Israel wanted. They wanted a Messiah who would come in and, and, and put people in submission. Or you could break in the horse with meekness and kindness. And that's why you see them patting their face and, and rubbing on their bellies, rubbing on their backs. You could, and that was Jesus. He modeled for us what meekness is like, a strength under pressure. Now, is the horse any less powerful tamed? No, it's actually more powerful. It can do more. It can go further. It can go faster. It has strength under control. And, and the only difference is now it is submitted to the reins of the master. 
Oh, I thought somebody say amen right there. And that's, that's, that's what it means for us to be meek, to be lowly in heart, to be gentle. So you, you can tell, you can tell a person who's not meek because they spout off real easy. Road rage. They tell people they're number one a lot. They get irritated easily. They, they have to make their comments on social media. They've got to know how I feel. That's someone who's not meek. It's someone who doesn't have self-control. Strength under control. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans says about those people that uh, the chaos around them is just simply reflecting the chaos within them. It's not in control. Proverbs 25 says it this way, that like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So uh, let me give you our theme verse today, which is blessed are the, the meek. Let me give it to you in three different translations. All right, three different. I, I love seeing these different uh, translators, how they interpret it. And in the Living Bible, it says that the meek and lowly are the fortunate ones. For the whole wide world belongs to them. Now, hold on. I thought the whole wide world belonged to the angry. I thought the whole wide world belonged to the people who were the loudest. I thought the whole wide world belonged to the social media influencers and the YouTube stars. And the rich and the famous. No, it belongs to the people who are submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Who the, the reins of their life are in the hands of the Master. Belongs to them. And, and the next one, the message paraphrase says, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. Hey, don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to act like someone that you've seen online. Don't try to be like your neighbor. Just be who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment. At that moment, you find yourselves proud owners of everything that everybody else wants, but they can't have. Right. Things that money can't buy. Oh, go on to this one. I love the Good News translation. Happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised. Do you know that God has already promised you everything he will ever promise? Right. And the Bible says all of his promises are yes and amen. They're going to happen. To who? To the meek. To the people who are submitted. To the people who say, yes, Lord. I'm yours. I belong to you. Those are the ones who will receive the promises. So Jesus says they will inherit the earth. The, the inheritance that he's talking about is the promises that he's already given. And those can be yours as you submit to him. So when you live a life of meekness, there's actually some rewards. Are you seeing this? There's, there's promises that God has for you when you live a life submitted to him, a life of meekness, of gentleness. Now, we don't live for the rewards. We don't give to get. No. We, we don't act a certain way so that God will bless us. That is transactional living. We, we don't live like that. We live because God just says for us to live that way, and whatever happens, happens, and we're still okay with it. Okay? But we have to take notice that he says if we live this way, we're blessed. If we live this way, there's a reward to it. So let me give you three rewards today for a, an attitude of meekness. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Number one, it's 
It's the reward that I live with uncommon peace and prosperity. It's uncommon peace and prosperity. See, there's a lot of common peace today. There's a lot of common peace that they say, hey, you can find it through a relationship. You can find it through a surgery. You can find it through a, uh, through a pill or a bottle. But this is, I'm talking uncommon peace that you can't find anywhere else but God. Are you following me? It's a peace that only comes from him. So, so you know what? I'm not a feather. I'm not a feather just blown by the wind and, and every gust that comes, every popular culture thought process. I'm, I'm not just blown by that. I, the world doesn't own me. I'm not controlled by what other people think of me. I'm not a feather tossed in the wind. No. I'm going to inherit the earth. The meek inherit the earth. Who else said the meek inherit the earth? Jesus. They inherit the earth, and what they enjoy is peace and prosperity. In other words, that God gives them more so that they can be a blessing to somebody else. God gives you more so that you can be an influence to somebody else. God blesses you to be a blessing. He gives us peace. Watch what uh, Paul says to the Philippians. He, he says, you ought to let your gentleness, another word you could use is meekness, be evident to all. Why? Because Jesus is coming. And we need to be a church that is attractive to a lost and dying world. We need to be a church that's attractive to people who don't agree like us, or with us, don't think like us. They think we're crazy. They think we're filled with hate. But we show them the love of Jesus and we are gentle and we are meek. We're strength under control. And they go, there's just something different about these people. I want what they have. Paul says, as you grow in your relationship with the Lord... As you mature in your faith, hey, don't be anxious about all the stuff that's going on in the world. Don't be anxious about what CNN or Fox News says. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't, don't get wrapped up into all of that stuff. Don't be anxious about it, but submit it to the Lord by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Amen. And when you are living a submitted life, when you're walking in gentleness, the peace of God which transcends all of your understanding, it'll guard your heart and your mind. How many of you want some peace like that? Amen. Man, I'll take peace that if I lose my job, I have a peace that transcends all understanding. If, if I walk through a difficulty in my health, I have a peace that transcends all understanding. If my kids turn away from God, I have a peace of God that transcends all understanding. It guards my heart and my mind. If everything around me falters and fails, I have a peace of God. Peace of God that the world can't give me the world can't take it away it only comes from him let me give you the second reward and that is uh, when when i have an attitude of meekness i live with a higher perspective it's higher than the world see uh, isaiah god in isaiah god says my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts because my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts we can't even think like god thinks but when I'm submitted to him, when he has the reins of my life, I can live with a higher perspective. That when all of those things, when, when, when bad things happen, when difficult times happen, I'm submitted 
and I live by a higher perspective. I'm not a doormat. I don't have to let people run all over me. I don't have to be steamrolled. They're not wiping their feet on me. No, no. And I don't have to be tricked into a debate with people. I don't have to live my life by comments and criticisms on social media. I don't have to do that. I'm not a doormat. I live with a higher perspective. I don't get involved in all of the stuff. Come on. The best thing that some of you can do is delete your social media accounts. I just got to tell him what I think, sledgehammer. They deserve to know. They don't need to know. Because I have a higher perspective. What, what, is, what does the Bible say about this? Paul says, set your minds on things above. Not on the earthly things. So wrapped up in, in the drama. No, 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 no. My, my mind is set on things above. Paul tells the Corinthians, don't lose heart at all the stuff that's going on in life. Don't lose heart at all of the things that you're, that you're dealing with. Don't lose heart. Why? Because even though we're wasting away on the outside, we're being renewed day by day. And he says that everything you are going through, every struggle you face is light and momentary. But when we're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like it. When we're going through, come on somebody, it doesn't feel light and momentary. It, does, it feels like it's going to ruin our lives. It feels like it's going to take us under. And he's, th this is coming from a guy who was beaten five times with 39 lashes. So you know Jesus was beaten one time with 39 lashes. Paul received them five different times. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was stoned. Not recreationally. He, it was... They threw rocks at him. <laughs> Whoa, man, that's cool. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I, I met a, a, a guy after one of the earlier services who told me um, he was showing me his tattoo, so proud of this new tattoo that he had covered up. The, the old tattoo used to say 666, and the new tattoo was a cross, and he is a, a little over a, a week sober from marijuana usage. Come on, somebody. God's working in his life. God's moving in his life. I love that. Come on, look what God's doing. It's, all this stuff we face, those light and momentary. And it's achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs everything else that we go through in life. And so what do I do? I fix my eyes not on what I can see, but on what is unseen. Because what I see is temporary. What I see is right now. What I see is happening in the news. What I see is going on at the school. But what is unseen is that there is somebody fighting on my behalf. There is a God in heaven who loves me and who's called me and who has a purpose for my life. And there are angels dispatched to protect me and watch over me and guard me. It, that's eternal. Amen. So I'm going to set my eyes on that. I'm going to set my eyes. Come on, I'm preaching. I'm yeah, preaching today. I'm going to go to Mexico more often. Come on, I'm just <laughs> come back fired up. <laughs> it's a higher perspective. So what am I saying? I'm harnessed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit's got the reins in, in, in his hands. He's directing me. He's leading me. He, I'm submitted to him. I'm looking for, I'm looking at, not earthly things, but heavenly things. Let me give you the third one. 
That is, because I have an attitude, if I have an attitude of meekness, I can live with a supernatural power. A power that's not my own. I don't need, I don't need to sledge my way through life. I don't, I don't need to just power my way through and put people in their place and take matters into my own hands because if you're going to get anything done in this life, you've got to do it yourself. I don't, I don't have to live like that. I don't have to prove my abilities. I don't have to prove my efforts. I don't have to unleash my own power. You know, I think uh, the reason I think people act like that is because they're afraid. There's fear. Fear of losing control. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of not having enough. Fear of looking foolish. Fear. And, and what Paul says is that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But what did he do? He gave us power. Su supernatural power. Deutimus power. A dynamite kind of power. Power, love, and what? Self-discipline. So, so I, can, I can have power and I can have love and it can be under the control of God Almighty. Control of the Holy Spirit in my life. Discipline to serve the Lord. He goes on to say to the Philippians that we, we ought to be strong in the Lord. Don't, don't be strong in your own power. Don't, don't take matters into your own hands. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. To the Ephesians, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or even think, according to the what? Power. The power that works in us. What's that power? It's the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in us. He'll do even greater things when we're walking submitted to Him. Strength under control. Under His Lordship. Under His guidance. So, the question, I guess, the question of the day is how do we, how do, we do it then? How do we get this kind of how do we live this kind of life? How do we become meek, right? How do I get these benefits, Pastor Ben? I, I want that in my life. How do I do it? And the truth is, becoming meek or meekness is not something you can achieve. It's actually something you receive. So you, you can't produce meekness in your life. It's only something that you can receive. And James kind of gives a hint at that. He says, lay aside all the filthiness, all the stuff in the world, everything that you think is going to bring you power, everything that you think is going to work out in your best interest. Lay all, lay all of the, the good times, lay all the filthiness, all the overflow of wickedness, lay all of that to the side and receive with meekness. Receive. The unplanted, the, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You have to receive it. Receive it. Now, how do we do it? Let me give you three things. To receive this gift of meekness, number one, you have to have a repentant heart. This is a heart that says, I was wrong, God. I've been trying to do this my own way. I've been trying to take matters into my own hands. I've been living life the way I thought it needed to be lived. I've been making my own decisions. And you just say, God, I need you. I, I, I need 
you, I was going this way, God, and I'm repenting. I'm turning, and I'm going this way. I'm coming back to you. I want what you want from my life. I'm turning from my way to follow your way. John the Baptist said it this way, that he must increase. Jesus must increase in my life. I need more of you in my life, and I must decrease. I, I must be submitted. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Your way is better. Your way is the right way. See, it's not weakness. Meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is where you, you're strong enough to say, I was, I was, I shouldn't have said that. I was, my bad. I was wrong. Meek ain't weak. Meek is submitted. Meek is, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you, will you cleanse me? Will you forgive me my sins as I forgive those who've sinned against me? That's meekness. Meekness is, God, I'm not just sorry. I'm submitted. So a lot of us get sorry when we get caught. God's not looking for sorry. He's looking for submitted. He's looking for yes. Whatever you say, wherever you lead me, whatever you want, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll, I'll say it. Yes, I belong to you. Number two is a receptive spirit. I need a receptive spirit. So if I'm going to receive it, I need to have a receptive spirit. But if I think I know it all, if, if I think I don't need it, if, if I think I'm never wrong, then, then I'm just playing God in my own life if I think I don't need this then then I'm I'm just trying to be God for myself because I'm I mean I'm never wrong I don't need anybody to tell me what to do I need a receptive spirit I need to be able to say teach me coach me even if it hurts e even if even if I'm way off base help me I, I want to know, talk to me, Re I receive this gift in my life. Galatians, Paul says it this way, that the Holy Spirit is the one who produces the kind, this kind of fruit. So I want you to notice something. You can't produce meekness in your life. It's the Holy Spirit that produces uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness in the King James is meekness and self-control. He's the one who produces it in us. So listen, you can't produce it. All you can do is willfully choose it. I'm going to say it again because I think you need to understand the difference. You can't produce meekness, but you can willfully choose it. You can say, I want that. God, do it in me. Make me more like you. Lord, I'm submitted. I, 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 want, I want your gifts in my life. I want your love, your joy, your peace. I want this meekness. I want strength under control. I, I want you to take the reins of my life. And the problem with us in our culture is that we don't want to be told what to do. We don't, we don't want somebody telling us where we're wrong. We don't want somebody telling us we got sin in our life. Even if it's God. It's a dangerous place to be, but it's not weakness. 
to say, God, I, I just want all that you have for me. I want all the gifts that you have. I want this. I want to be self-controlled. I want strength under control. Number three is um, a responsive life. So you re you're repentant. You're, re you're receptive to it. But you have to be responsive. Responsive life is a life that, that says... God, I'm not just, uh, just going to listen to you. I'm going to do what you say. I'm, I'm going to live it out. I'm going to take you at your word. The last weekend, I was, um, we were in Mexico with 11 of our students. And I had the opportunity to preach at a church called La Fuente. Uh, it's three years old, this church. And it's like City Hope. I mean, just, I felt so at home there. And I had to preach with a translator, and that was really fun. And uh, three years old, they're running over 500 people in Mexico. God's revival's happening there. And, and uh, after the service, someone came up, and in English, they said, it was a nice speech. Okay. Thank you. In my mind, I was thinking, I didn't come here to give you a speech. And listen, this is not just a podcast. This is not just another thing for you to, you know, listen to on one and a half speed on YouTube. Well, this is, this is God's word. And we don't just listen to it. We do it. We live it out. We walk it out. We obey it. We, we say yes to it. As Christians. It's not just a speech to give to you today. Let's do what it says. And so if, if there's one, if, if, if there's one thing that we could wrap up this message today, and I added to it, so you, you're probably not going to have enough blanks there. I added to it this morning. If we could wrap up this message in, in one line, that is, I can be spirit-led and I can be self-controlled. I can be submitted to the Holy Spirit. That he has the reins of my life in His hands, directing. He's directing me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. But I also can be self-controlled. I don't have to respond. I don't have to lash out. I don't have to tell people what I think. I don't have to give them a piece of my mind when you ain't got any mind left to give them. You ain't got enough pieces of your mind to give them. Hold on to it. Keep it to yourself. See, to, to have a responsive life is to say, God, you have the final say in my life. I'll go where you lead me. I'll do what you call me to do. I'm under the control of the master. Do you believe that today? Do you believe it's, it's a word worth living out? Come on, I believe that. Come on, let's just give God thanks today for his word. Let's be submitted. Let's be meek. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Let me just ask you to um, ask the Holy Spirit, what's he saying to you? What's he whispering to your heart today? What's he speaking to you right now? And I want to pray for every one of us. I want to pray that we would allow the Holy Spirit to develop meekness in us.
that we would allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, to move in us, to, to make us more like Him, to, that we would say, more of you, less of me. And so, Lord, right now, we just say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we, we submit ourselves to you. We, we say, take the reins out of our hands. We repent for taking control of our own lives. We repent for being in charge of our own lives. We repent for doing it our way. We, we repent for, for it having to be what we want it to be, Lord. And we just say, we are submitted. Would you tame us? Lord, we're wild. Without you, we are wild. We're feral. We, we have no purpose. We just wonder until you come along and you begin to teach us and train us and develop us and to make us more like you, more into your image. Strength under control. Strength under pressure. Strength that is submitted to you. So we repent and we, Lord, we, we receive what you want to do in us. All of the fruit of the Spirit, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience and kindness gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We want it. Develop it in us. And Lord, we, we commit that we'll respond. That when the Holy Spirit is with, with the reins of our lives in His hands, when He tugs one way or the other, Lord, we want to respond to that. When He says go, we'll go. When He says stop, we'll stop. We're submitted. We're responsive to you today. Jesus name with your head still bowed if you're here and you feel the weight of your sin in your life today you feel maybe condemnation and guilt and you feel the weight of your past decisions that you've made a, a life in your control that's really what it is a life in where, where you're calling the shots and what that means is that you're not submitted to the master you're not submitted to Jesus and and in order for things to change in your life, in order for anything to get better, it starts with a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, to give Him the reins of your life, to let Him be in control, to let Him be in charge, to, to say, Jesus, you can have it all. I'm submitted. I surrender. It takes a decision to do that. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much that He, he was so meek and lowly. He gave His life as a sacrifice for you on the cross. So that you could have this moment today where you call on Him to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to turn over the reins of your life to Him, to let Him be in charge. And if that's you, if you're ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, on the count of three, I just want you to boldly lift up your hand with courage. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be embarrassed. I want you to do it proudly today. To say, I'm giving my all to Jesus. I surrender. If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, three. Come on, just slip up your hand. I see you. One, two, three, four, five. Anybody else say that's me? Six, seven. Who else would say that's me? Eight. Anyone else? Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Who else would say that's me? I'm, I'm going all in today. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I want him to be my master, my savior, my Lord, my king. I surrender. I see you. God bless you. Every hand. I'm proud of every hand that's up. All right, would you put your hands down? Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. Take control. I submit to you. Your way is better. I'm asking you, will you cleanse me 
from all of my sins. Purify me from all unrighteousness. I believe you are who you say you are. You're the Son of God, Savior of the world. And I'm inviting you to be the Lord of my life, to take charge, to be in control, to lead me, to guide me, direct me. I'm submitted. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God thanks.